The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. I'm Brian Sullivan, and you're listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. Our show airs live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern. Listen in. It is 5 a.m. in Washington, and here is your top five at five, ready for takeoff. President Biden laying out his playbook. It says that higher taxes are coming and takes a big shot at China. Investor reaction coming up. A possible pandemic game changer. New data from Moderna on how long its vaccine can be stored why it could be very good news for the fight against COVID in countries like India. A blowout quarter for the biggest stock on Wall Street as Apple puts a $90 billion chunk of its cash to work. Kind of. Friends in all kinds of places as Facebook surges after earnings, but the road ahead this year could get a little rockier. And as the NFL draft kicks off tonight, your morning RBI has the most random but interesting thing you've probably ever heard about football and the Surprise College kicked it all off. It is Thursday, April 29th, and this is Worldwide Exchange. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome from wherever in the world you may be watching. I am Brian Sullivan. Thanks for joining us on this busy Thursday, and let's get right to it and see how your money looks today. And it's looking pretty good. We have futures higher across the board. Dow futures look like they may regain what the market lost yesterday. We are up 135, and look at the NASDAQ. NASDAQ futures up 142, more on a nominal basis than the Dow futures. Could be a big day for big tech. Now, this could be a welcome reversal from the recent slowdown in the markets. If you haven't noticed, we've taken a bit of a breather. Check this out. The S&P 500 is at exactly the same level it was on April 16th, eight trading days ago. In other words, it went up and down a little bit, but it's exactly where it was to Weeks ago, looks like that could all change today. Well, now that the Federal Reserve and President Biden's speech are behind us, it all goes back to earnings and sentiment. And today is the busiest day. One in 10 S&P 5 companies report. That includes Amazon, Twitter, Caterpillar, McDonald's, Bristol-Myers, our parent company Comcast, MasterCard, Kraft Heinz, and many, many more. Now, the numbers have been nothing less than spectacular. Heading into today, more than 45% of the S&P 500 reporting and corporate earnings have been booming. Earnings growth is at 43%. Sales growth, just under 11%. Google, Facebook, Apple, and a few big others are bringing that growth average higher for everyone. Companies are beating earnings by a whopping 23% over expectations versus the average 14%. Put that in perspective. This earnings beat so far is the highest on record since FactSet began tracking the data in 2008. So we go back about 13 years, but this is overall arguably the best earnings season that we have ever seen, particularly against expectations. One reason perhaps the market rose so much The last six to nine months, Wall Street saw it coming and they bought stocks.
Well, speaking of earnings, two stocks of the move this Thursday. First up, Apple. Second quarter sales and revenue, yeah, way above estimates. Apple also hiked its dividend and is authorizing a, get this, $90 billion share buyback. 90. That stock is up 3% in the pre-market. And Facebook. Results also coming in better than expected. Sales at Facebook, despite a lot of people criticizing the company, delete Facebook. Sales rose 48% year over year, driven by higher priced ads. Facebook stock soaring right now, up 7%. And by the way, we talked about Apple, but between Apple's buyback and Google's buyback, $140 billion in stock buybacks were announced by just Apple and Google. Two companies, $140 billion. More companies likely to do the same. And as the supply of stock shrinks and there's new money, it's a lot easier maybe to make the long bull case for stocks. All right, we'll get more on the markets coming up right now to your morning top story. President Biden addressing Congress and the American people last night, laying out his sweeping vision to overhaul the United States. The cornerstone of that proposal, the nearly $2 trillion American Families Plan, calling for new spending on things like child care, early education, community college, and paid leave. The president calling it a, quote, once-in-a-generation investment in our families and our children. Now, to pay for that, the president is looking to raise taxes on top-earning individuals, along with cap- capital gains rate increases and boosted taxes on companies as well as expanding IRS audits to catch tax cheats, which some say results in lost revenue of 300 or more billion dollars. The president defending that strategy in his speech. One trillion dollars during this pandemic. And they're now worth more than four trillion dollars. My fellow Americans, Trickle down. Trickle down economics has never worked. And it's time to grow the economy from the bottom and the middle out. I'm not looking to punish anybody. But I will not add a tax burden, additional tax burden, to the middle class in this country. They're already paying enough. I believe what I propose is fair. Fiscally responsible. And it raises revenue to pay for the plans I propose and will create millions of jobs that will grow the economy and enhance our financial standing in the country. Now, if the American Families Plan passes, the president will move to sell the American people on his new more than $2 trillion spending bill that is focused more on infrastructure and other programs. Reminder, that is a separate program, 2.3. This is 1.8. In addition, to the 1.9 COVID relief bill. Total uh, is just about $6 trillion. For more, we're joined by Stephanie Kelly, Aberdeen Standard Investments Deputy Head of its Research Institute. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us, Stephanie. Uh, Your take on the president's speech last night vis-a-vis the markets and what he may have said regarding taxes and corporate investment. So I think a a lot of what we saw last night was pretty much as expected, right? It was an opportunity for him to really push this family plan as part of his overall kind of 
what we're calling like a physical and a human infrastructure approach. So I think that was all pretty par for the course. I think obviously he did make this point, right? This trickle down economics hasn't worked is his argument, which really points to that redistribution that has so far pretty much characterized his presidency. And obviously what it means then for the investor debate is what does this mean for capital gains tax? What does it mean for corporate tax? What does it mean for high income tax? And ultimately, is this going to be bipartisan or is it going to be single party led? Well, what it appears to mean, Stephanie, in the president's own words, that those taxes have to go up. Now, the president did say middle class taxes. Ironically, middle class federal income taxes are near the lowest they have ever been on on a post deduction basis. So we've got a lot of these big numbers, but you've got to pay for that somehow with middle class taxes coming down. And I only half jokingly tweeted last night that the Democrats are now the party of tax cuts. Middle class taxes keep coming down and they're going to go down further on a federal level you got to pay for it somehow. Do you think we will get higher corporate taxes and higher taxes on higher income families? I think that that's what's going to happen. The question isn't, do they go up? The question is, how far do they go? I think if we take corporate taxes first. It seems like Joe Manchin has kind of really come out strongly. Again, I think this is all a debate that's taking place within the Democratic Party. It just doesn't seem like Republicans are going to be on board with anything in any of the infrastructure packages, really. So I think we can kind of put that to the side. Within the Democratic Party, Joe Manchin has said he's not keen on a corporate rate that's higher than 25%. So I think that puts us into a band of expecting something between 25 and 28% corporate tax, depending on how the politics of that play out. When it comes to capital gains, I can't see it going as high as what they're putting forward right now, right? It's just, it's very high. So I think we'll get a raise, but not quite as high as what Biden's proposing. Um, And then I think you'll still see kind of pressure in terms of the stepped up basis, that kind of stuff is all going to come through. It's just a question of how far can they push it in order to fund what they're trying to do, right? As opposed to necessarily, are they going to do it all? I think these tax rises are coming. The question is just how high they come. And that's ultimately going to depend on the debate and negotiations that go on in Washington over the next few months. And, and, and if we get some form of higher taxes, which seems very likely, Stephanie, will it hurt stocks? I mean, we've shown all kinds of data that while our viewers, CNBC's viewers, may not like it, not a lot of correlation between higher capital gains taxes and how the market does, unless, of course, the numbers are so big like they were in the 1970s. Exactly. And this is where I think thresholds obviously matter. But what also matters is looking at this in the round, right? You said at the beginning just how much spending is being passed through to the economy under the Biden administration. And ultimately, I think that's how we need to think about this, right? It's not necessarily about headline level. Is it good or bad for stocks? It becomes who are the winners and who are the losers. And I think in particular, you know, for companies that are very exposed to the green transition, who are able to take advantage of those renewable tax credits or able to engage with, you know, the, the building and the construction and the re- refurbishment involved in the infrastructure. Those are the kind of companies that can win. On the other hand, if you're a company that's very exposed to, you know, if you really have very, very narrow margins, such that you really can't absorb and you can't figure out a way around kind of corporate tax raises, maybe that's more, yeah. more challenging. So I think that's how we need to think about it. Winners and losers, not overall headline. Does Aberdeen Standard change its recommendations to clients based on anything you heard last night, Stephanie? So, no, the way we tend to do it is every quarter we've got a house view and this will be part of a much bigger conversation that takes into account the entire global policy environment. But ultimately, this is one part of a much bigger Biden administration policy plan. And the big question mark for me in particular is, 
do they try and do this as two separate bills, right? It's been presented as a family plan and an infrastructure plan, but actually it looks like Democrats are going to have to put this into one big bill. Bigger a bill gets, the harder it gets to pass. And that's going to affect the timing and ultimately the size and the composition. Stephanie Kelly of Aberdeen Standards. Stephanie, we appreciate your views. Thank you very much for coming on CNBC again. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Thank you. All right. More on the president's speech throughout the day right here on CNBC. But right now, here's what else is making headlines at this hour. Moderna says new data shows its COVID-19 vaccine can remain stable at standard refrigerated temperatures for up to three months. Moderna says if this is authorized by the FDA, the new storage guidelines could make it easier to get the medicine into smaller offices and other places without ultra-cold freezers. Even further, Moderna also plans to increase its global supply of the vaccine to up to $3 billion next year. By the way, catch the CEO on CNBC in just about two hours. Also happening, Endeavor Group reportedly raising $511 million in its second attempt at a U.S. IPO late yesterday. The entertainment company sold just over 21 million shares at 24 bucks, right at the top of its expected range. The deal values the company at right around $6 billion. It is scheduled to begin trading today on the New York Stock Exchange under the ticker EDR. And Amazon says it will give more than 500,000 U.S. workers a raise by at least 50 cents, up to three bucks an hour. The raises go into effect in mid-May through early June of this year. All right, we have got a lot to go on this Thursday and on deck. Ford shares taking a hit right now, despite posting a huge quarter. We'll tell you why. Plus, much more on Apple's big bet on itself. And later, get ready to sail. New guidelines out late yesterday from the CDC. Could be some very good news for one of our favorite GOAT stocks. That's right. A very busy hour still ahead. We return right after this. What does it mean to be rich? Is it having more stories to share or time to give? Is it being able to keep your loved ones close or travel somewhere far away? At Edward Jones, we believe the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Your dedicated financial advisor will take a comprehensive approach to your financial strategy to help support what truly matters to you. EdwardJones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. All right, welcome back. It is time now to hit today's three big money movers. Let's go. Stock number one, Qualcomm. Second quarter profit and revenue beating forecasts, also guiding the third quarter results above analysts' estimates. Qualcomm does see supply constraints easing as more buyers upgrade to 5G. Stock two, Ford. And there's some good times in Dearborn, kind of. Stock is reporting its best quarterly profits in 2011, and it says the global chip shortage could ease this summer. However, 
Ford may also cut vehicle production in the second half of the year as largely a result of a factory fire suffered by a Japanese technology company. Ford shares are down 2.5% right now. And stock number three, Verizon. It is giving up on AOL and Yahoo. Remember them? Reports say Verizon is exploring the sale of its media assets, which include those former internet giants. The Wall Street Journal says that business could fetch about $5 billion. The problem is that Verizon paid more than $9 billion to buy them. All right, still to come here on Worldwide Exchange, you've heard of telemedicine with doctors. How about a teledental exam over a video call? Put a camera in your mouth. Sounds hard? Well, it's not. We're going to find out how it's done with the CEO of Grin next. Today's big number, $2.2 billion. That's the total sales of NFL Players Association licensees for the year ending in February, up 14% from the year prior. Tampa Bay's Tom Brady topped the players' list for the fourth time since 2014. All right, welcome back. Well, do you have a kid with braces? Well, if you do, you know that it's hard to go see a dentist or an orthodontist during COVID, right? I mean, we simply shut down a lot of things here in the Northeast. So with the rise of telemedicine comes teledentistry. That's right. Sticking your phone and a camera in your kid's mouth. Joining us now is Grin, co-founder and CEO, Dr. Adam Schulhoff. Dr. Schulhoff, thank you very much for joining us. I mean, we've done, many of our viewers have probably done a thing like doctor on demand or teledoc. You know, I got a little bit of this. I got a little bit of that. Can I get a little bit of that <laughs> you know, from my CBS? How does teledentistry and teleorthodontics work? Am I literally sticking a, my phone in my kid's mouth? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Good morning. Um, well, you're sticking part of the grin scope in your mouth, not necessarily the mobile device. And so we realized that in an effort to try to give a doctor the right kind of view inside the mouth versus, you know, normal selfies or, or things that you do with Teladoc, et cetera, where we're talking over Zoom, where you really can't get a good view inside the mouth. We knew we had to create a device that was able to attach to the mobile device so that we can retract the cheeks and get the right kind of lighting coloration. You know, my goal always was if I'm going to have a patient send me information from home, that information has to be as good as if I were physically in front of the patient and reaching into their mouth. And that's exactly what we've achieved. So the Grin Scope is a very thoughtful but simple attachment to the mobile device that works with the Grin app on the patient's side so that the patient can send their orthodontist and dentist a scan, we call it, so a video of everything that's happening in their mouth. Yeah, we're watching video of it. They've got that, you know, that attachment that you kind of bite down on. All right, and, you, and you're raising money. You close the new $14 million funding round. You got P&G. You got 3M on board. Which I think is interesting, but then I thought, well, what is P&G? Because it, they make toothpaste? I mean, what, is, what do 3M and P&G want from you, doctor? 
Great question. So P&G, leader in, in oral care solutions, right? Smart uh, toothbrushes, but also nobody knows the consumer at home as well as P&G does. And that's exactly what we're bringing to the table here, right? Consumers, and, and the trend is really that that home care or care from home or a hybrid thereof is really what these consumers are looking for. And so, you know, you talked about moms bringing their, their children to the orthodontist. Even before COVID, I know we're, we're really going through this COVID thing and we have the reduced um, amount of patients that I can have in my office. But even before, if I ask any of my moms in my practice, what is your number one friction point? It's like, oh, I've got carpool, I've got soccer, I've got this, I've got that. I don't have time to come to appointments. Now, if there are many appointments that we can now take care of from the comfort of their own home, regardless of COVID, that's something that's extremely powerful. And so consumer at home and being able to really tie a bow around the consumer at home, the care team, the dentistry, products, smart toothbrushes. There's just so many different areas there that and, and synergies that we have with, with P&G. 3M also, huge oral care company. Yeah. They have, they've got a lot of different, uh, you know, they, they have a nuclear liner um, line. And so this works beautifully together with clear liners where a patient goes to the orthodontist, chooses clear liners, and then that those clear liners are delivered to the patient. And now the patient can be treated, I would say, 80% yeah. remotely and go in when it's important to go in. You may have discovered the most important commodity of all, doctor, and that is time. Dr. Adam Schulhoff, CEO of Grin, and by the way, love a startup based in New Jersey. Maybe New Jersey is back or, or never went away. Dr. Schulhoff, thank you very much. Good luck to you and your team. Have a great thank day. You. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, see New Jersey. It's the capital of startups. All right, straight ahead. Breaking down this morning's big tech movers and why your next guest says it remains bullish on big cap growth. That's good news for all you tech bulls. And if you haven't already, what are you waiting for? Subscribe to our podcast. If you missed the show, whatever it is, just check it out. Picture not included. Dow futures up 137. NASDAQ futures up 140. We're back after this. Go big or go home. From my perspective, doing nothing is not an option. President Biden drawing a line in the sand, calling for higher taxes to remake the American social safety net. Will he have any bipartisan support? A big tech blowout. Apple and Facebook making massive amounts of money as the lockdowns drove everyone more online. But does that make the stocks a goodbye? Wedbush's Joel Colina is here to break it all down. And your morning RBI is a little history lesson on the player that helped make the NFL draft one of sports' biggest nights coming out of a now-forgotten football powerhouse. It is Thursday, April 29th, and this is Worldwide Exchange. Well, welcome or welcome back and good Thursday morning, everybody. I'm Brian Sullivan. Thank you very much for joining us. Let's get right to it. The markets and your money, and they look pretty good right now. Stock futures are up 130 on the Dow, 140 really now, and 135 on the NASDAQ. This is a welcome change to the last couple of weeks. Remember, the last couple of weeks has been defined by not a lot of action in the markets. The Fed, really a non-event. In fact, the S&P 500 
is at the same level, or it was this morning, as it was two weeks ago. Two weeks, no movement. That could change today. Futures much higher across the board on the back of big tech earnings. Not oil, however. Now, while stocks have been stuck, oil quietly has been powering higher. It is back to nearly 64 bucks a barrel. In fact, right now above it, 64.50. Oil is up 9% in the month of April. And that move has helped some big oil stocks get bigger. You look at a Hess, a Marathon, an Occidental. They all powered higher yesterday, 7%, 10%, you name it. Oil stocks up big on Wednesday. We'll see if that momentum continues today. We've also got to get a check on what else? Yeah, the cryptos, because maybe it's not all about Bitcoin. Ethereum hitting yet another record high yesterday and is higher again right now at 27.65, while Bitcoin is down about one and a half percent. All right, now to some of this morning's top headlines. Here's what's happening right now. President Biden making his first sales pitch for his grand plan to overhaul the American economy and social safety net last night. The president formally unveiling his $1.8 trillion plan, calling for new spending on things like childcare, education, community college, and paid leave. The president is calling for taxes to be raised on wealthy families and companies, among other moves. And the president using his speech last night to call for some bipartisanship on the matter. I wanted to lay out before the Congress my plan before we got into the deep discussions. I'd like to meet with those who have ideas that are different. They think are better. I welcome those ideas. But the rest of the world is not waiting for us. I just want to be clear. From my perspective, doing nothing is not an option. The president also calling out China in a pretty big way last night. We'll get more on the president's speech all day here on CNBC. Well, also happening now, some good news for all you cruisers out there. Cruises could be back. The CDC telling industry leaders that in a letter that ships could begin sailing out of the U.S. by mid-July. The agency adding that ships could proceed without having to carry out test cruises if the companies can confirm that 98% of crew and 95% of passengers are fully vaccinated. And SEC Chairman Gary Gensler's pick to serve as the agency's enforcement director has resigned unexpectedly. Alex O oh was tapped by Gensler for the role just last week. Progressives criticized her over her work as a corporate defense lawyer, and a federal judge on Monday reprimanded her and others defending ExxonMobil in a class action lawsuit. All right, now to earnings. And Apple reporting another blowout quarter. And shares, they're on the rise this morning. Apple's sales were up 54% compared to the same quarter last year, right before the pandemic hit. Stock up 3% right now. Apple reporting double-digit growth in every single one of its product categories and its most important product, of course, the iPhone, up 65% from last year as everybody had to buy new gadgets because we're working from home. The company also announcing it will be increasing its dividend and authorizing $90 billion in share buybacks. Wow, far higher than in recent years. Let's talk about this, Facebook, maybe a little Amazon. Joining us now is Joel Kalina, 
head of technology and media trading at Wedbush Securities. Joe, welcome. We got a lot to get through. Yeah, thanks for having me. All of our viewers, yeah, you're welcome. All of our viewers know why Apple had a huge quarter. Because yep. when the lockdowns hit, everybody scrambled to buy their kids iPads for virtual learning, buy themselves a new phone, new computers. Is there any way that kind of momentum stays? I mean, that's that's a little bit of a, a million dollar question. I think there's other parts of, of Apple's story where they don't really have to rely on, on just continued, say, hardware momentum going forward. Um, I mean, obviously, services continues to grow at a healthy clip that came in well, well above expectations. And for me, and and for for Wedbush, obviously you mentioned iPhone, you know, revenue was earlier. You know, they they beat that number by seventeen percent uh, ahead of consensus. And China growth was was eighty seven and a half percent year over year. And don't forget, not that long ago, in the midst of the trade war, you know, there was a real fear that there could be a "Don't Buy America" uh, campaign in, in mainland China uh, because of the ongoing battle between uh, Trump and President Xi. But clearly, that's uh, never kind of materialized and. And they're firing on all cylinders across the world, across almost nearly every every product that they have. And uh, the magnitude of the upside of this quarter versus where the street was is, is pretty comical when you think about it. I mean, they just smashed it. Oh, amazing. And what do you make of a $90 billion buyback? By the way, Joel, you add Google into that, $140 billion in buybacks announced by just two companies. Yeah, I mean, it's it. you obviously have the capital return boost from, from, from these companies. But I mean, right now, you know, Amazon's left the report tonight, but this could be one of the best earnings seasons we've seen so far from mega tech, at least in my in recent memory. You know, Google Tuesday night, Apple and Facebook last night, Amazon's tonight. And they're really telling you, if you don't want to buy the, their stock, if you're a little bit concerned about maybe this is the best it's going to be, well, they're happy to buy the stock instead. So, I mean... I think the trend is higher. I mean, Facebook, especially breaking out on volume today and, and, and Apple's pump, you know, testing those highs as well. Path of yeah. least resistance is higher for these large caps. You know, let's talk Facebook. All right. Because Facebook gets a lot of heat. Maybe it's deserved. Maybe it's not. You know, you see the hashtag delete Facebook things that go around social media. Huh. Not <laughs> only is nobody doing that, Facebook has now effectively become the Internet. Their sales were up 48 percent joel yeah they said things may slow down in the second half of the year but slow down from what i mean facebook shares are up seven percent these were monster numbers yeah and again i mean and facebook's probably one of the cheapest of of, of the whole group and and, it, and i'm clearly you're seeing a re-rating this morning up you know already 700 basis points but i mean advertising you know advertisers you know rose 30 percent year over year uh, in terms of price, you know, ads delivered were up 12% year over year. So you're seeing larger advertisers continue to shift their budgets to social media sites. And then on the smaller side, small and medium-sized businesses continue to ramp up their digital out- outreach to consumers. And I think what this quarter showed us is that this transition, which really kind of was accelerated by COVID last year, is still in the early innings of, of kicking off, especially when you go down the chain to the smaller and medium-sized companies. And I mean, again, the top line beat, which you, you highlighted earlier, was staggering. The top line guide for Q2 is, 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 is off the charts. And in terms of their cautious guidance and commentary on the second half, this is simply just a reiteration of what we heard three months ago. They're notoriously conservative. So I don't think it's uh, anything to get too worried about when they talk about decel in the second half you know, from, from our ad targeting headwinds. They've already they relayed that message to the yeah. street and investor base very clearly now. And I think they're doing the right thing. You know, you know, again, yeah, the platform's toxic. I hope hopefully my kids uh, 
Uh, it won't be around by the time my kids are, are, are of age. But, uh, you know, clearly that's where the ad dollars are going and the eyeballs remain. Uh, well, good good luck with that, Joel, because Facebook, despite all those cries, continues to just get bigger and bigger. And as everybody's locked down in the Northeast and Chicago and California, everybody's yep. pushed online. All right. Those numbers are out. Let's get the numbers that are coming out. And that is a little company you might have also heard about during the pandemic. It's called Amazon. You buy stuff. They deliver it to you. They also have a cloud business as well. Their phone business, not so much. Amazon's yep. numbers, Joel, are out tonight. I mean... The expectations were high, but given what we've seen from Apple, Facebook, and Google, does Amazon need to just absolutely destroy estimates for the stock to move? I don't think destroy. I mean, it's funny. You look at large cap growth, other than really Alphabet, going back to early July, these stocks have been stuck in a range. For Amazon, that's been 3000 to 3500 and it's bumping up against that top end tonight, uh, today, into, into the print. And what I'm looking for is obviously AWS. Uh, you know, clearly, uh, Azure continues to put up some staggering growth numbers for Microsoft. They put up back-to-back quarters of <laughs> growth. AWS put up 20, 28% growth last quarter. That right now, consensus is about 22.5%. Buy side's clearly ahead of that. But, I mean, I think if, if we can see high 20s to, to 30% AWS growth, that could be the catalyst to get the stock higher. And then with, with COVID kind of restrictions and, or COVID, sorry, expenses kind of fading as vaccinations rise, and just kind of we return to somewhat you know normalcy. Um, margins, the margin profile for Amazon's a big focus with investors tonight, um, and that could be what really helps drive the the, the, the re-rating higher, say, and, and and finally punch above that thirty five hundred dollar level. So for me, AWS yeah. um, and margins are, are the two key things to watch tonight with Amazon. AWS and margins; those numbers out tonight. We'll check them out, of course. Fast Money will have the full rundown as well. Joel Colina, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon. Joel, have a good day. I know you got a busy one, man. Thank you. All right, take care. Thank you. All right, you're welcome. Coming up, more of your big money movers, including why investors are saying sell on eBay this morning. That stock is down big right now, almost six percent. But as we head to break, here are some of the other big headlines happening now. Euronext finalizing its buyout of Borsa Italiana in a $5 billion deal. The Senate has voted to overturn former President Trump's move to weaken emissions and regulations on methane emissions. The move is part of President Biden's plan to slash greenhouse gas emissions over the next decade. And Baidu will launch paid driverless robo-taxis in Beijing starting next month. They've already been testing autonomous driving on public roads in the Chinese capital since October. And Worldwide Exchange will be back in real life in a moment. All right, welcome back. It is time now for your daily vaccination update. Nearly 234 million doses have now been administered. Look at that. And we are closing in on nearly 100 million Americans fully vaccinated. Wow. That is about 40% of all citizens and in an even bigger chunk of adults. Remember, Dr. Scott Gottlieb has said many times on this air that the so-called herd immunity level could be start to hit when about 40% of us are vaxxed. Because when you combine that with the estimated 100 million of us or so who have been exposed to COVID and received some natural immunity through antibodies, that combination, vaxxed, natural immunity, with of course some overlap in the middle, could get us to that 75% threshold that many believe is where herd immunity begins. 
And once again, a huge shout out to all the women and men out there on the front lines working hard to get us the shots all in our arms 24-7. You and the scientists have made this happen and given us a lot of hope. And so we give you a lot of love. Thank you. All right, time now for a check on some more big money movers. We're going to go to a second round today. How about that? It's never enough here on WEX. First up, Royal Dutch Shell, better known as Shell. First quarter profit meeting forecasts, higher oil and natural gas prices, also the sale of assets in Nigeria, Canada, and Egypt. Shell raising the dividend, but also warns the outlook remains uncertain because of, you, you guessed it, the pandemic. Stock up 1.5%. Stock number two, eBay. Revenue jumping 40% in the first quarter. That top forecast, because everybody was shopping online, but the stock is getting hit hard today, down 5.5%, because eBay's outlook for the current quarter came in below estimates. And finally, MGM Resorts, the casino operator reporting a first quarter loss, revenue dropping 27%, primarily, of course, due to lockdowns. No surprise there, and some midweek closures at a few properties. But MGM believes its Vegas casinos will be operating at pre-pandemic levels in the first half of next year, if not sooner. That stock up 2%. All right, on deck, the Fed keeping its easy money policy in place, maybe giving the markets and your money more room to run. There are some potential landmines out there. We'll lay them out. And a programming note, do not miss the CNBC Small Business Playbook on May 4th. Some of the most trusted business voices in business with critical advice and opportunity for you to grow. I'm a huge fan of Clubhouse, TikTok, and LinkedIn for all the B2B small businesses that are watching for organic. That goes against the rant that I just had about media spend. These are three places where you don't need to spend media, but if you put out good content, you will attract an audience because the algorithms or the attention, like it is on Clubhouse, is there for you for free. All right, welcome back. Well, your morning RBI has to do with sports, but despite the name RBI, it has nothing to do with baseball. Let's talk football because the NFL draft kicks off tonight. The Jacksonville Jags have the first pick, and it's pretty much all but guaranteed they're going to pick Clemson's quarterback Trevor Lawrence. I mean, who wouldn't? Almost all the top picks, by the way, expected to come from football powerhouses like Alabama, Ohio State, Florida, and yeah, Clemson. But here's a cool NFL stat that is really random but interesting. The very first NFL draft was held in 1936, and the first pick in the first draft was a guy named Jay Burwanger. You probably remember that name because he was also the first winner of the Heisman Trophy, total stud running back, and he came from the great football powerhouse, the University of Chicago. That's right, the Maroons. They were actually kind of a titan on the gridiron back then. The very first player ever picked in the NFL was from a school that disbanded its football team just a couple of years later. By the way, Burwanger never played in the NFL, got into a contract fight with George Hallis. But there is one player from the University of Chicago who did, old Saul Sherman, who in 1939 and 1940 threw the ball exactly three times for 58 yards with the Bears. He did throw a touchdown pass, though. And with that, the University of Chicago's NFL dreams went bust. But stand tall, Maroons. No one can ever take away from you that your team, your school, produced the first NFL draft pick and the first Heisman Trophy winner. 
the University of Chicago's powerhouse football program, random but interesting, and go Chargers. All right, let's get back down to the markets. That's why you're here, not sports. And one day after Jay Powell lulled us all to sleep, investors bracing for the busiest day of earnings season. Basically, one out of 10 S&P companies reporting their numbers today. Companies you may have heard of, our parent Comcast, Mickey D's, Merck, Amazon, Gilead, Airbus, a bunch of others. Let's welcome in our panel now. Joining us is Alicia Levine, BNY Mellon Investment Management Chief Strategist as well. And we've also got Patrick. Uh, there we go. Patrick Frusetti. Patrick, thank you very much for joining us of Hightower Advisors. Uh, Patrick, we'll begin with you, my friend. The numbers have been absolutely monstrous from companies like Apple and Facebook, $140 billion in buybacks just between them and Google alone. Is it sort of all systems go, foot on the gas pedal for you and your advice to clients? Brian, uh, thanks for having me. Look, we've, we've clearly entered earnings season. We've heard from these large cap tech companies. We've heard from banks. We've heard from industrial companies um, and consumer products. I think the biggest takeaway, honestly, um, putting the large cap tech aside, is how these companies are going to deal with higher input costs. Uh, we've heard from consumer product companies, they're going to be raising prices this this year. And I think that's very important. In fact, I think the eventuality of higher labor costs, how companies are going to deal with that. So that's one of the things we're really focusing on. Yeah, and Alicia, you know, futures right now, they're soaring. You've got uh, Dow futures up 148, which is it's sort of the battle of two headlines. On one headline, you got these big earnings numbers, 43% jump in EPS. I mean, that's insane. I don't think I've ever seen a number that big. And last night, the president's saying that companies need to do, you know, their fair share, and he wants to raise corporate taxes. It appears that optimism over earnings is outstripping or trumping concern over higher taxes. Why is that? So because we're getting all the good news first and we're getting all the spending first and markets are anticipatory. So the the rebound that we're seeing both in the real economy, we'll hear from GDP at 830 today and in earnings has been already anticipated by markets months ago. We're spending $1.2 trillion in 2021 through September alone. That is such an enormous amount of money with all the extra trillions in savings in U.S. households' personal accounts. So we have all engines go for the consumer and for the reopening. But what comes next? And what comes next is going to be a little bit of indigestion for the market because we have corporate taxes. We know that 40% of S&P earnings come from overseas. And the intricacies of the corporate tax plan is not on what that headline number is, 21 to 28%, even if it falls to 25%. It's what's happening with overseas revenue and the guilty and the shield taxes. That's very punitive to to companies, large multinational companies. That's going to clip earnings. And there's not been a lot of focus on what that tax actually will do because there's been more focus on whether it's 25 or 28 percent, which the market assumes multinationals can absorb pretty easily. I'm not so sure the market's going to take it so easily. Well, I'm going to stay with you, Alicia. Come back because you're making a very, very important point. A lot of this tax proposal, as we know it, by the way, and of course, there's still some things they got to work out, is aimed at profits overseas multinational corporations. Also, foreign ownership of U.S. stocks has never been higher. 
Does that push you and your team to recommend small caps, domestic U.S. companies? Or can the big multinationals sort of take these hits doing business around the world? Because that's where the tax hit really seems to be targeted. It is. And in fact, the the sectors that are are most hit are are tech and healthcare, precisely the the two sectors that got us out of the pandemic. So, you know, go figure. But the truth of the matter is, is that there has I don't think the market believes the full the full tax will go through. We're hearing that it's going to be much more difficult to get that next phase, that four trillion dollars of earnings and the three point five trillion dollars in taxes through Congress. So there's some probability this won't happen as the plan stands today. If it does stand today and if it does go through, I think you have to focus on small caps here in the U.S. simply because that overseas tax actually is quite punitive. It's so punitive that we have to have other countries uh, bind with us in some sort of uh, minimum tax plan in order to get it through, because otherwise companies will revert to what they did before, which was finding operations overseas. Yeah, you know, it's interesting too, Patrick, and, and we forget, and it, it, of course, it's been, it's been easy to forget due to COVID, but we have a lot of health issues, right? I mean, cancer is still around, obesity, multi-trillion dollars a year around the world, resulting in hundreds of thousands of early deaths in the U.S. alone. The point is, we have, we've been all focused on COVID, but healthcare is not going anywhere. In fact, maybe it's highlighted some other problems that we need to fix as well. Is that one of the reasons you are bullish on healthcare? Yeah, that's right. And look, there may be some indigestion as it comes, um, you know, in front of this potential multinational tax um, that they may need to absorb. But honestly, healthcare is not something that's go away, as you say, Brian. Um, diagnostic testing is not something that's going to go away. And in fact, as the economy continues to reopen, you could see things like elective surgeries uh, continue to ramp up and provide some tailwinds to the sector. I mean, you know, this this sector is. Uh, you talk about you know, cheap companies on cash flow and earnings basis, uh, the sector's full of them. And frankly, companies with generate tons of free cash flow and good balance sheets. There's there's certainly plenty of things in the sector to look at and be excited about for the foreseeable future. Yeah, it's unfortunate. There are a lot of problems, some of which might be exacerbated. A lot of reports about uh, huge amounts of weight gain among millions of people as well. Healthcare, unfortunately, in many ways, going to be a sector to watch going forward. Patrick, Alicia, thank you both for your insight, guys. Big day today, big day still ahead, big night last night. Take care. All right, we leave you with a lot of green on the screen, folks. That does it for us. But we are handing the torch over to Squawk Box with Dow futures up 140. NASDAQ futures soaring. Apple and Facebook stock, it's soaring. One in 10 companies in the S&P releasing their numbers today. I'm tired just talking about it. Squawk in the gang, pick up the coverage next. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. You can always catch us live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern only on CNBC. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business.
absolutely, positively FedEx.